about um, having an orgasm. Oh, it's amazing. That's like different because you. Well, it's I think when, as I remember, and it was a long time ago. You know, it's it's over in a very short space of time. Whereas now it's very intense and it comes in waves. You know, I knew it was coming the day it was in my diary. Under and it's still in my diary that very date. And if I go back to the diary note, it says Lady Garden Installation Day. Stephanie Hurst is a UK radio DJ and media figure with a career spanning 30 years. She's hosted some of the most popular radio programmes in the country, but in 2014 came out publicly as transgender in a BBC interview. Since then, she's become one of the most visible LGBTQ people in the UK. But in doing so, she's had to learn about herself and her craft all over again. Here, she speaks at length about her life, her career and her transition for the first time. Over three episodes, Stephanie Hurst gives one of the most in-depth and personal interviews she's ever given. Outcast UK with Graham Smith. So you, you took this time out from your breakfast show. You've been doing a, a radio show for years, every day. It's a part of you. It's like an organ. Um, how did you, how did you come back into, how did you manage to do radio shows again? I know where you were up to doing radio shows. After that. I thought. It's a whole new voice. Yeah, isn't totally. It? Yeah. I thought that I could walk straight back into a radio studio and pick up my headphones and crack on. And that was it. I thought I could just, it's, this is what I do. I've done this my entire working life. Even before working, I was in my little bedroom studio making tapes and jingles and shows. So yeah, I know, I, I know how radio works. It's all I've ever known. A lot of it's, in my opinion, confidence, which is annoying, isn't it? A lot of it is confidence. So I I get a, a weekly show back thanks to an incredible woman called Kate Squire and she's the boss at BBC Radio Manchester. And... I think she may have seen me speak somewhere, may have done something. I was on a radar for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And she asked to um, have a meeting with me. I think it came actually through my my agent who does some stuff for me and does my contractual work as well, Paul. I think it might have come through Paul, I'm not sure. But I was definitely on her radar. I think it was through Paul, actually. Hi, Paul, if you listen to this. I think it was through you. And... um, I had a meeting with her and she said, I want to put you back on the radio. I know you've had a journey, but I believe in you. I know you've got the talent to do it. I know you need the the space to, to find your groove again. And I'd love you to come and join us at BBC Radio Manchester. So I did and I, I did this little show called Nothing But The 90s, which was all 90s tunes, which was, it was like a comfort blanket for me because I've played all those songs I know those songs I don't even need to research them because I just know what's going I just know them so that was half the battle won in the prep for the show 
that was it was a it was a comfort blanket. It was safe for me. You knew what I to knew say. what to say. I knew what to do. So I, and you knew what buttons to push. Yeah, no, for yeah, a lot of people, just, yeah, what to say, all of, buttons to push, all of that stuff. All done. Just knew exactly what to do. I do the first show, and I listen back to it, and I'm just heartbroken. Why? Just voice is wrong, inflections wrong. Just everything just didn't sound right. My placement of words, how I use my voice, choice of words, everything was just, it just sounded like a bloke doing it. Like, this is not right. Because I don't, it doesn't fit me. It doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. And what's the audience going to think? You know, just... You base an assumption of of the person you're listening to from from what you hear. And I'm like an injured athlete. And I'm like, shit. And I used to drive, there's a there's a a long, long, long road across the Pennines back from the studios. And this is long before BBC Sounds arrived. So we're still in iPlayer land for radio. And I'm listening every single week coming back on this long road. Straight off the back of the yeah. show. That's your first mistake, isn't it? No, I... You should never I listen, listen off the I back listen, of the show, I don't think. I, oh, I listen back. I listen back. I can't. It has to be, I have to have some... A space yeah. from it. Yeah. I... Listen back to every show, still, now, every show, and just go, no, no, that wasn't right. You can do that better next time. Absolutely. I get you there. And for those that don't listen back, start listening back. <laughs> Have you ever been laughed at for saying that you listen back? Yeah. I was laughed yeah. at. But if you don't, start listening back. You need to. You should do. It's not right. It's good. It's don't. good just to yeah. keep a check. It's, it's essentially... Like Mo Farah, not watching himself. It's like I always say, not that, I always say it's like a Premier League footballer. Yeah, not watching. Doesn't yeah. go home and watch himself on the telly and go, what did I go right or wrong? Why did I not score that exactly. goal? And if, you, if you're not doing that, your heart's not in exactly. it, is it? Exactly, it's not. So you've got to start listening back to stuff if you're not listening back to it. Um, Just to get better, just to get match fit, just to, just to get Absolutely. on it. Absolutely. So I would listen back to every single show and I would just be in tears. I'd just be broken hearted at what I heard. That's wrong. So I'd get back home. Computer sat in front of me. And I'm listening on the iPad and I'm typing every single word out that I've said. It's called a link when you talk on the radio because you're linking two items together. And um, so every link that I'm, I'm, I've done, I'm typing out word for word, print it off and I'm going over it with, with a pen where, right, okay, so your inflection was wrong on that. You need to do this. You need more speech therapy, more speech therapy. The amount of money I threw at speech therapy is unreal. Saved and saved and saved and saved and saved. And then learnt that I've got actually a torn vocal fold, which was limiting limiting where I could get vocally 
What does that mean? So essentially, I was doing a party in the park event in 2002 and Gareth Gates came second in Pop Idol and he was headlining that day. Uh, some weeks after coming second in Pop Idol. And I'd been on stage hosting in front of 60, 70,000 people all day. And this in, in Hull. And I screamed Gareth Gates. Yeah, and right. I screamed Gareth Gates. And as on the gates, I felt something tear in my throat. I felt something go twang. And I lost my voice. And it used to, I used to lose it at Galaxy. Do you remember it used to be like all croaky and all sorts of fat? Yeah. <laughs> I got scar tissue over a vocal fold. <clears throat> and um, it's funny, isn't it? You talk about your voice, you start to cough and dry up. It's weird, mm. psychosomatic. So, um, so I had that looked at and also the vocal folds tightened whilst they were doing that. So that helped and that got rid of the bass. It's still husky and I like the huskiness of it, but I can't, I can't go down anymore. It just doesn't work. Just as I can't go down. I just can't find the old register. So it's all head voice. Soon as that happened, that made a massive difference. So all of the practice of finding your feet where you're going with inflections and everything, and then obviously the tonality came together. And I got to a place when I started doing a daily show for BBC Radio Leeds, I started to find my feet. I call it air miles. The more I do on the air, the better you get the more you fly as an app, as a pilot, the better you get. So doing that show at BBC Leeds every single day got me match fit for where I am today and that I'm ready to take on, right, I'm ready to get bigger now. So I've just signed to join Hits Radio, which is national, back in commercial radio because I feel confident enough to be able to push myself into that space now. But it's taken me so years. interesting to hear you say that. Yes, I suppose you let it's almost like knocking something down and rebuilding. Yeah, yeah, it was rebuilding it, understanding the fundamentals of of how it is built, but just having to rebuild it bit by bit. And I said before, as like an injured athlete, and it was the hardest thing. Growing some boobs and having a lady garden installed is a walk in the park compared to having to relearn your trade again. Completely. It was the single hardest thing. Every operation, every bit of pain. To be honest, there wasn't much pain. It wasn't really painful. Um, thanks to Tramadol. Um, <laughs> it will do that, yeah. yeah. Um do you mind telling me a bit about um, the process? I read, <laughs> I read. Because <laughs> we can see each other. Your facial expressions then was, how do I phrase this? <laughs> I feel like I was thinking I read an article in, was it Pink News? It was tits or death, says radio DJ Stephanie Hurst. Oh gosh, that headline will haunt me. Cracking headline. Cracking headline. But I know how I'm these things work. They, they usually weld. To, <laughs> they usually weld together two anecdotes into one yeah, thing. Yeah. To, to, and you go, well, I kind of said a bit of that, and whatever. Actually, do you know what? It is a. It's a. It's not a rip off. It's inspired by Eddie Izzard's Cake or Death. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, uh, flying tragedy, Cake or Death. 
Do you have a flag? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the tits or death was, it was, was inspired by Edo. So in the article, you talked about the day when you went in and the actual gender, would we call this gender reassignment surgery? Yeah, yeah. So the night before I watched Naked Attraction on Channel 4 and uh, I remember saying... The night before, yeah, that's a choice. I remember saying to my friends the night before going, I've got one of those, I'm getting one of those tomorrow. Which one shall I have? <laughs> and um, do you know what? Everyone talks about this, you know, gender reassignment and all of that stuff as... I think when you're transitioning, that's the end goal. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's all you want is just to get that done. It's the end goal. People can't see what's in your pants unless you choose to show them. No. You know, it's what it's what what's it's what between what's between your ears that's important. And uh, but I knew it was you know I knew it was coming. The date was in the diary. Under and it's still in my diary that very date. And if I go back to the diary note, it says Lady Garden Installation Day. <laughs> and um, and there was a few complications. Oh. Oh, they, um, they'd put some of the pack in a little too tight. How's that? What do you mean? So when essentially what they do is if I take my jacket off. Okay. So take my jacket off. You can see my arm is still in my jacket, okay? But if I pull my arm by, whilst holding the jacket, if I pull it, the arm goes inside out. Well, that's essentially what they do. Nice. So, and they have to pack that so it doesn't, they pack that with gauze so it doesn't collapse in itself or prolapse. And, um... But they, some of the packing around the front of the vagina was a little too tight. And I had what they called a spongy urethra, which sounds like some kind of prog rock band that John Peel would play in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Next sensation from Made of Ale, it's spongy urethra. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that, that was a little complex and the yeah. cannula had to be in and all sorts of stuff and uh cannula is have to explain all this stuff to me a cannula is would that go in yeah yeah i took yeah there was um you have the cannula in your wrist don't you uh, oh right no, sorry yeah. do, um what is it when you have a a, a tube up your peel your face is a picture <laughs> <laughs> essentially because of the spongy reset um there was a couple of complications um but, you know, it is a bit of a major surgery and things can occasionally go wrong and, yeah, you know, but it was fine and they sorted it immediately. Um, but going for that first wee is incredible. Incredible. I, I, I always imagine uh, I'm circumcised and I remember going for my first wee Afterwards, after being circumcised yeah. and I was... I yeah, yeah, you are. You. I remember sitting on the toilet thinking, okay... It's going to work. Is is it going to go everywhere? Is it just, was it going to, no, it was pointing in 
I mean, there was some swelling and everything. Yeah. It looked like it had a head-on collision with a Nissan Micra. <laughs> um, but it, uh, yeah, it turned, yeah, it, it all worked and con- continues to do so. And it looks like one, feels like one, smells like one, works like one. Next. <laughs> so what, what about sex from... Um, oh, it's like driving. How- it's, like, it's, 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 you know, when you drive on the wrong side of the road... I've never done that. Really? You've never done it? No. So when no, you drive, get, when like, you're abroad, my boyfriend to do it. When you're abroad and yeah. you're driving on the wrong side of the road, um, mm-hmm. and the first time you do it, it's like, whoa, this is, hang on, well, hang on, hang on. But then, like, the second time you do it, you kind of get the hang of it. The brain rewires itself. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's like, I've, yeah, I can't remember. It's weird. I can't. My friend John cut his finger off, his index finger, in 1972 whilst cutting some doors on a circular saw. Do you know those hollow doors that you get inside? And he was cutting it and it was all hollow and the the circular saw pulled it through and cut his finger off. And his finger rolled down the end of the actual circular saw because he was a woodwork teacher in school on the circular saw and it bounced off the end and dropped in the bucket with a load of sawdust. So he walked to the end, picked his finger up and went, oh, right, okay, best take that to the hospital and get it sawed on. Which he did. Uh, but it didn't connect and he lost the finger. And he can't remember having a finger. Genuinely cannot remember. He's been without a finger for over 50 or 50 years or something like that. Can't remember. I've been without what I had before for what, five years? I can't remember. I just cannot remember having one at all. At all. Just brain rewires itself it's incredible and also because my brain is is female it it, it was always at odds with that anyway it just that shouldn't have been there and I hated having sex anyway I just wanted to cuddle getting really open now aren't we I've genuinely upset me then that really what was that sorry go on upset you I just just that that does it really hit me that what was that you don't want to have sex you just want to have a cuddle yeah (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to have sex. I remember clearing out Anne Summers. Oh, sorry, I've upset you. <laughs> I remember going to Anne Summers and pour some cocktails and cleaning them out of Viagra because that's the only way I could get it Make going. It yeah. Because I just... So... Yeah, I couldn't. What about... Um, having an orgasm? Oh, that's amazing. That's like how is it different because you, you've experienced well, both. I think when, as I remember, and it was a long time ago, you know, it's it's over in a very short space of time. Whereas now it's very intense and it comes in waves. Because essentially okay. we've all got the same equipment; it's just piped a little bit differently. And yes, some things are different inside with a womb and stuff, but you know there are women that don't have wombs. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so, but, yeah, more intense and much better. It's better on this side, trust me. It's better on this (laughs) side. I'm I'm almost jealous. It's better on this side, trust me. (laughs) I am. I'm like, yeah, when I hear that sort of explanation, I'm like, I'm interested. And all of my Um, male friends go like, well, you know, my straight male friends go, I just can't believe why you just don't sit at home playing all day with yourself. (laughs) 
<laughs> really, I've got better things to do. <laughs> There's a big shop that needs doing. Floors need mopping. Cat needs feeding. There's an interview to do. I've got a radio themselves. show to prepare. I ain't got time. Absolutely. But yeah, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's good when you when you finally get to that point and you complete. I remember. It was about a year later after all the surgeries were done and everything. Hormones had really made a massive change to my body. I remember walking from my bathroom across the landing into my bedroom. And there's a full-length mirror. Of course there is. Vanity. And um, I remember catching a glimpse of myself in the mirror and stopping and looking. I didn't have a stitch on. And going fuck I've done it how did that feel oh gosh amazing yeah just like I'd won the lottery I'd won life's lottery and yeah amazing just incredible in every sense of the word couldn't I Incredible doesn't do it. It was like, it was, it was like a massive sigh of relief. Because up until that point, I'd not stopped. You don't, you don't stop. You, you constantly, when you are transitioning, it's, it's a constant battle. You're constantly trying to, just the next thing, the next thing, the yeah. next thing. And then once everything's over and everything's settled and the dust has settled and you're just getting on with day-to-day life, that's when something can just stop you in its tracks. It's like grief. All of a sudden, grief Absolutely. can just, yeah. you know, hit you, one, hit you day. one day, doesn't it? It's like I'm currently going through grief with my parents died, you know, eight years apart of each other, but I'm an orphan as far as I'm concerned because it's just me, I'm an only child and I'm struggling. Um, I'm okay, but it does, you know, it does... It hits you in it waves. It hits you in, in odd <clears throat> little ways. And um, it's only later down the line where all of a sudden you'll see a a commercial for Vicks Vapor Rub and you're in bits because you remember your dad rubbing va- Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest when you were five because you got cold or something. And little things like that set me off. But but to look at yourself in the mirror after everything and all the battle and all of the just, the fight and you go, he's done. And to sign that commercial radio contract I did recently that was a huge that was a huge moment because that was right I'm back let's crack on job done it's good to see you back thank you it's good to be back listen um, I really 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 appreciate you being so honest I really do um, and hopefully um, some people have heard this and they'll be like okay and that'd be good if that had happened yeah I don't talk, you you know I don't I don't talk about this stuff often no um, it's not often I do at all um, and that's and that's through choice I'm doing quite a bit of it recently not quite a bit I've, I'm doing a few things where I am talking mm-hmm. again about it Um there's a, a an international festival of ideas in Leeds, Leeds International Festival of Ideas, which I'm part of, and I'm on a panel there 
called Can We Ever Be Who We Want To Be? And that involves me talking about it publicly in there. And there's a bit of filming that we've done about it. And there's a, you know, there's a, there's a few things I've done. But they're good projects. And if it's the right project, it's not me going on morning television and arguing with someone who's, you know, there's a debate on my existence. Yeah, it's not that sort it's of thing. It's not that sort of thing. It's yeah. not me. You're never going to find me on Twitter arguing about this stuff. You're never going to find me at a march banging a drum. You may one day, but not right now. I'll do my activism in very different ways and I'll be visible and I'll just get on and do my job showing people that I can, you can transition and make a success of your life. You can, it it is possible and I'm living proof of it. And I don't want to be banging a drum and going on about it all the time because, you know, what does that, what does that gain? People get tired of it. People get tired. There's so much more to you than just that as well. There is and I don't want it to define me and that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I said earlier that I, I don't regard myself as, I don't, I don't use the trans tag. I have absolutely got a trans history and I, I am proud of that and I will do anything I can to help the next generation. But I didn't do this to carry a, a, a label and a tag yeah. and something that defines me. I won't allow this to define me. Not that it's bad. It's not bad at all. Just like I won't let being white define me. Absolutely. Just I won't let being female define me. Just I won't let being a radio geek define me. I just I just don't like to be defined. I'm lots with lots of different things, and that's what I love about the human race. I hope that's right. I think the values are right. My parents raised me to treat people the way I like to be treated and have respect for others. I just don't like to be defined by anything, absolutely anything. No, I get that. I just want to be I a good, if I'm, be, if I'm going to be defined, it's by be, being a good person. It's by your character, yeah. not by just my character, yeah. the things that you can't, the things that you can choose, not the things that you yeah, can't exactly, choose, yeah. I think. Yeah, but I've always been like that. But I hope people draw strength from it when I do talk. It's not often. I think they do. Well, Stephanie Hurst, thank you so much. Graham Smith, it has been an honour. I love you more than chocolate. Play Outcast UK on TikTok and Instagram. Just search Play Outcast UK.